Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with J.T. DeVolt. J.T. is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. J.T. worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat-decorated naval aviator. And he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, J.T. Hello, my friends. JT DeBolt with you today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you on a Wednesday morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern. And you know what that means? It's time to come together and talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and live in the high-performance, high-altitude life. And as always, the High Altitude Mentorship Show is brought to you by flywithjt.com. That's flywithjt.com, where you can download a complimentary copy of my award-winning book, Flight Plan to Success, as well as stay connected to everything going on here in the high-altitude community. Lots of cool stuff coming down the road. We'd love to have you as a part of our community. So get yourself over to flywithjt.com. Today, I want to talk to you about uh, something that that is a recurring theme here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show, but something that I think we as as high-performing leaders need to understand and, and really need to subscribe to. And by no means is this conversation a one-and-done deal. I believe it's just the beginning. It's just the introduction. It's the preamble to a much bigger study and understanding of what it takes to be successful. You know, as a high performer, we, I think we can all understand and all agree that success is a team sport. Anything that we've ever done that's been significant, anything we've ever done that we can look back on with pride – It's come as a direct result of working with a great team. And if you study anything about leadership, whether it's corporate leadership, business leadership, uh, organizational, military leadership, sports leadership, you'll find that anything that, uh, you know, any of the big names, whether it's a corporate name or an individual name, they've been backed by and have had the capacity to build excellent high-performing teams. I love this topic. I think it's, you know, one of the most exciting things. It's a big reason why it's it's a major point of emphasis in my company, in my organization, what we do. And we, our focus is to help other companies and organizations, whether they're sports teams, whether they're corporations, what have you, to excel, particularly in the areas of developing strong, high-performing teams. And I guess the thing that really takes me, well, that brings a lot of pride is to watch an organization gel, to watch them come together and perform so well. As a former military guy, I spent 12 years, almost a quarter of my life, in the U.S. Navy, working my way up from the enlisted ranks as an aircraft mechanic and earning my way into the officer ranks and becoming a combat-decorated naval aviator. And what's interesting about that is not just the journey itself, but the perspective that I earned from seeing two sides of the coin. The enlisted side is, is kind of the deck plates, right? It's the folks that are out there, they're the workforce in the, in the U.S. military. It doesn't matter which branch it is. In my case, I was in the aviation world, so we were the aircraft mechanics. We were the maintainers. Uh, we were the ones that were, that were making sure the aircraft were operable. And then earning my way into the ranks as an officer, now you're talking about more of the executive side, the management side. This is the, you know, the, the, the upper, <laughs> upper floors where the offices are. 
And uh, that's where a lot of the decisions are made. That's where a lot of, you know, kind of the, uh, the leadership happens, although there's a ton of leadership down below. In fact, there's, there's I would argue, a great deal of leadership down below in the, uh, in the enlisted ranks, almost more so than in the officer ranks. And the reason I say that is, is because you cannot afford to be having decisions being going all the way up the chain of command every single time a decision has to be made. There has to be some autonomy. There has to be some trust. And so I want to talk to you today about what it takes to develop that within your organizations and what you as a leader need to start looking for. Now, I'm a student of the game, just like a lot of you are. And my, some of my favorites are people like Simon Sinek, Seth Godin, and certainly John Maxwell, and the name goes on and on. John Maxwell recently got my attention with an article that he wrote for Success Magazine. Now, this article was called, Are They Worth It? And he gives what he describes as a five-point guide for taking chances on people. So when you're looking to hire somebody and bring them on board your organization, these are the five things he discusses. And I got to thinking about it. I don't want to put my own spin on them. There are these five specific things that he discussed and these are five things that we not only have to look for in others, but these are five things we have to cultivate in ourselves if we want to be effective, high-performance leaders. The first one is capacity, what John Maxwell calls capacity. And what he's really talking about is the ability to handle the task that you're looking for. You want to hire and put the person in the right position. You don't want the quarterback playing linebacker, right? You don't want the, the goalie playing uh, defenseman. You don't want the center playing point guard. Whatever the analogy you want to play, you don't want to have the person mismatched in a position that just because you're trying to fill a position and you have somebody come through and make the application. So as leaders, we have to have the ability to see where each person fits. We have, the, we have to have the ability to match up their strengths with the position that we need. And sometimes you're going to have people that come through your door that present themselves to you and say, hey, I'd like to be a part of your organization that are going to have tremendous strengths. And perhaps you don't have an opening for them. The question is, can you make one? As a leader, when we look in the mirror, we have to ask ourselves, do we measure up? Do we have the capacity to do the, the tasks that we need to do as the leader, the CEO, the executive vice president, whatever position you have in your company or organization as the, as the captain of the team, as the principal, whichever position you lead or you, you hold of leadership inside your organization. So important because this is where it really all begins, is to understand, is this person, is this role right for them? And if they don't have that, if they're not, maybe it's not 100% compatibility, how can we help foster them and get them as close to 100%? One of the big fall downs that I've seen of late, it's happened over the past few years at least, is that people are always looking for 100% compatibility. They're always looking for 100%, and when they don't see 100%, then we throw it away. My grandparents used to, you know, they grew up in, an, in a time and an era in this country when they held on to things. My granddad had his cars for years. He would maintain them and take great care of them. He had his tools for years. You know, he had all these things that he had for years. Nowadays, everything are disposable. You know, you get to a certain mileage on your car, we get rid of it. We renew the lease. We move on to the next thing. Maybe that's why divorce rates are so high. We're looking for 100% compatibility when that doesn't necessarily exist. And when we don't see it, we get rid of it. The same thing happens in leadership, though. If we're not seeing 100% compatibility, 
if we're not seeing somebody who fits perfectly, or perhaps if they feel they don't fit perfectly, then everybody's looking for the exits. It's, it's very important for us as leaders to be able to help nurture those folks, not from a place of hand-holding, certainly, but from a place of giving them the tools and the resources they need to grow into that position. So important. So capacity is huge. And if we can help nurture those folks, grow them, develop them, give them the, the, what they require to become awesome at their position and to find a true purpose behind that, then we have created another leader. They have the capacity to be able to make decisions from the top down, or from the bottom up, rather, just, just as I kind of described about the enlisted ranks in the military. Now, the second thing that, that Maxwell talks about is attitude. And this goes along, I mean, we could have a whole discussion on attitude, right? Because you want to find those people that have the right attitude, for, especially for the job. You do not want a non-people person in your sales organization, you want your receptionist or the people that take those incoming calls to be the right kind of people to have the great attitude because they make that first impression. But we also, as the leaders, have to have the right attitude. Our attitude toward our people has to be not that they are the workforce, that they're expendable, that we can replace them or plug them into another position if it's not working out. We have to have the attitude that these are human beings with dreams and hopes and sometimes with fears. I talk about this quite a bit with my entrepreneur clients particularly when it comes to the sales process. A lot of times people will say, well, I need to develop my customer avatar. And I can appreciate the concept of customer avatar. Customer avatar is basically just, you know, what does your, your ideal client look like? Typically it's gender, age, background, socioeconomic situation, so on and so forth. What are their buying habits? But those are data points. And if we're, if we're driven by data points, a lot of times we forget why we're here. We forget that as leaders, as entrepreneurs, we're here to lead people to a solution, to solve their pain, to give them answers. And so when we think about them as data points, it's very difficult to do that. Our attitude has to be, we're here to serve, we're here to help, we're here to guide, and we're here to lead. And that's the thing that we're always looking for, is having that attitude for success, that attitude for greatness, that attitude for growth, whatever it is you're looking for in that particular position. Each, person's can, you know, each person can bring their own personality. Personality and attitude are completely different things. You might have a fairly reserved or stoic personality, but they still can have an attitude that they want to win. They, wanna have an at, they, they have an attitude that they want to be a part of the team, that they want to contribute. And those are important aspects to a person's personality. Their attitude, their personality may be different than yours. There may even be a pet personality conflict, but if their attitude's right then they can be an effective part of your team. <laughs> and the converse can also be detrimental. They might have a great personality but have a terrible attitude and they're dragging everybody down. So that's the other thing we have to be ready for. Maxwell talks about a third aspect, a third point that he, that he takes towards taking chances on people, and that's their passion. It's very interesting when we talk about passion because passion can be, a, I, I believe it can at times be misunderstood. I think sometimes it's become a little bit cliche. They say, hey, you know, follow your passion or lead with passion, live with passion. And a lot of times, you know, that can be misunderstood with enthusiasm or a lot of energy. Passion is really that ability to follow through when things aren't exactly awesome. I think that's one of the most important tenets of passion, one of the most important reasons why we have to have people that are passionate about what they do. It doesn't mean you're always jumping around talking about how wonderful life in the world is. 
That's not necessarily passion. It can be. But you can have somebody who's, again, fairly reserved and maybe not necessarily as outwardly demonstrative about their passion and still be passionate. But they're those people that will grind. They're those people that have the grit, the follow-through, because they love what they do or that they believe that there's a bigger purpose behind what they're doing than just to collect a paycheck. We ourselves as leader have to have, leaders have to have that high level of energy, of course, because it affects everybody around us. Here's the interesting part about passion. It has to be focused. It has to be directed. You have to have that person. It doesn't matter how they're outwardly acting. It doesn't matter if they've you know, drawn unicorns and <laughs> rainbows all over the place to say they're passionate, to prove it. We see it through their behavior. We see it through their follow-through. We see it through their commitment to the organization and to themselves. Passionate people take pride in their work. Passionate people take pride in themselves. Passionate people do the work despite, or sometimes in spite, of what they get paid. So it's very interesting. Passion. I think sometimes it can be you know, a little bit misunderstood, but, I, but the most important thing that you need to take away from the idea about passion is we as leaders have to have it ourselves. We have to be passionate about what we do. We have to be passionate about the people we do it for. And most importantly, we have to be passionate about the people we do it with, our team members, our, our employees, the people that are on our boards, the people that are there to guide us, our mentors, our coaches, whomever it might be. The next aspect to it is character. Now, I can't tell you enough about this. Character is an interesting conversation because we'll look at somebody and we think because they make good decisions or because they uh, are you know, somebody who, who seems to you know, have all the different you know, I's dotted and T's crossed, that somehow they are a high character person, and perhaps they are. But I'm not just talking about high moral character because that goes without saying. We want to have people on our team that have that high character, that we can trust, that have integrity, so on and so forth. We also want to know that they have the character to handle pressure, to handle tough times. Interesting that we talk about risk quite a bit because in this article by Maxwell, he's talking about you know, taking risk on other people. I'm going to take a risk here. I'm going to hire you and give, give you a shot. That takes a lot of courage on the part of a leader. But we also have to have the character to know that we're not just going to leave them out there without the resources, without, the, without the, the support that they need. It's extremely important to understand that whether they've had a checkered past or whether they've been brilliant, they've come up through the ranks and they have all the pedigree, we still have to be there for them. When I was coming up through the ranks, I went to the University of Colorado at Boulder. was very proud to have gotten into that school because academically, as a high school student, it was a, well, I wouldn't say it was a miracle, but it shocked a lot of people that I even graduated high school because I was a terrible student. I was diagnosed with ADD. I mean, there's a, a lot of reasons why that was a, you know, kind of a big accomplishment in and of itself. But to get into college and graduate college, get my degree, let alone go on and become an officer and a, and a Navy pilot, was a huge triumph based on my, pack, you know, my, my background and my past, academic past. And all of a sudden, I start seeing myself in the same cockpit, flying the same airplane, the same missions with men and women that had come up. They were straight-A students in high school, got accepted into places like the Naval Academy, MIT, Stanford, you name it. And now here we are doing the same exact thing. It's interesting because it'd be easy to, to pass on somebody like myself. It would be easy to look overlook people who had that sort of, in my case, checkered past, at least academically. I was never in any kind of legal trouble. 
but it's easy to overlook somebody and say, well, they don't have the pedigree. They don't have the background. But what if they have the character? What if they have those intangible traits that you can't wrap your head around or put a pencil on or look up on the Internet? What if they have that inner drive, that extra something special, that X factor? That's something that can't be measured, and that's a measure of character. The ability to follow through when things get tough, the ability to not complain when the pain starts to set in, the ability to show up even when it doesn't seem like it's worth showing up for anymore. It's one of the most important things if you're going to trust people is to be able to understand their character. And that means understanding your own first, being crystal clear on your character, developing high moral character yourself, but also being able to see it in other people, recognize it in other people. Because it all hinges on and it feeds into the next and final part, and that's teamwork. You know, Maxwell talks about the ability to develop teamwork, and it's not just about bringing solid players together. You can have the most qualified people. You could have a team of the best and brightest in the world, but if they can't gel, if they can't work together, then it's almost worthless. It's so critical to have that ability to generate that esprit de corps to be able to create and foster a culture of teamwork. It's not just a word. Teamwork is a culture. It's an energy that flows through people. You know, you see the movie Star Wars, and they talk about the, the force, the all-knowing, all-binding force. It flows through every living thing, even the rocks and the dirt and the, and the air is what they say in the movie, right? Well, it's true for teamwork. Teamwork's a little bit like the force, and we all have to learn how to use that. We had to learn to be able to not just uh, deal with each other and, get, and, and, and you know, sort of get by. We had to learn to appreciate and respect and really listen to and give, give uh, you know, credence to each and one another. And this teamwork's a super important piece. To determine how well a person works, to, works with other people, it's not about being people people, right? It's not about being a people person. It's about being the type of person that can show up and collaborate, a person that can contribute, a person that can put their ego aside and be humble enough, have the humility to ask questions and ask for help when necessary. And it starts with the leadership. We as leaders have to be able to create that safe place for that to happen, the open airspace in order to maneuver and to be able to, to do the things that are necessary to foster that strong teamwork. If you want to build a high-performance team, the discussion begins here. This is by no means the simple five ways to build a strong team. It just means that these are five tenets that have to be in place, five characteristics that have to be in place for a high-performance team. The first is capacity. That person has to have the ability to show up and deliver. The second is the attitude. They have to have the attitude because even with the best personality, even with the best background and the best skill sets, if they have the wrong attitude, then it's not going to work. The third is passion. They have to have that passion for what they do, that passion for working as a team, and the passion for the vision for what the company, the organization, or the team is all about. Character, character goes without saying. And, of course, teamwork, the ability to work together, to gel to be able to mesh and come together and share and collaborate and lift each other up. And all of this starts with us as leaders. We have to embody all of these and more. And so today and every single day, 
consider the organization that you're building. Consider the mission you're on and the team that you build around you, the people that you need, not just as role players, but as human beings with the tenets, the qualities, and the, and the, the, the characteristics that we've discussed here today and much more. The quality of the person that you bring in as an individual will contribute to the power and the performance of your high-performance organization. It starts with you, though, as the leader, as the high-performance leader that you are. So today and every single day, consider these characteristics. Develop them not just in your organizations, but in yourself as well. My friends, this show is a wrap. It's my privilege to come at you here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Looking forward to doing it again soon. Get yourself over to flywithjt.com and download a complimentary copy of Flight Plan to Success. And remember, no matter what course you fly in life, fly high, fly fast, and fly far. We'll talk to you soon.